Hey guys, welcome to the Follow Me Podcast. I'm Allie Grant, the founder of Be Social, and my co-host is Cole Mosier. Each week, we're inviting influencers, entrepreneurs, and the digitally savvy to share their social media story. We're going to be breaking down how they've grown their business through their social footprint. So join us as we follow along on their journey. Hey guys, welcome back to the Follow Me Podcast. I'm Allie. I'm here with Cole. Let's get into it. Cole, tell me about your viral moment this week. Ah, my viral moment. You've literally had (laughs) days to prepare this. (laughs) Um, No, I really didn't. Can we start with my unviral? Sure. Am I unfollow me? (laughs) Our producer wants to kill us. The producer extraordinaire, Natalie. Continue. Stay focused. Okay. Um... My unfollow me of the week was that I got a migraine and I didn't get to interview this gem of a human that we're about to hear from. Yeah. That was horrible. I know. That was unfortunate. But we had Deanna step in. Brooks just opened the door. Our dog (laughs) just opened the door into where we're recording and he is being so out of control. Um, We're going to continue though. Yeah. Um, My follow me. Yeah. I was down at our new office today, Ro. Ooh, you were? Yes. And a new... It's... The energy there is insane. People are so up and out and about and happy to be there. And then they opened a new coffee shop like right below our office called Go Get 'em Tiger. Oh, cute. So I just can't wait. It's so blog worthy. Oh, my blog. I was actually thinking like we could start just like a fashion blog just being there. Like we should have a be social fashion blog. Well, we are getting on reward style and shop style thanks to Natalie's yeah. wonderful idea. Yeah. And we're going to just blog. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited about that. Uh, what about you? Um, my viral moment. Um, we had a really good meeting yesterday with like a talent agency, mm-hmm. kind of different than what we do is they focus on like television and hosting and things like that. So we're really trying to get a lot of our talent to get into that and like step into maybe hosting a TV show or having a reality TV TV show like built around them. So I was really jazzed uh, about that meeting. That's so cool. Hopefully more to come. And then unfollow me, I guess, you know, missing you on the Troy podcast. Was- wow. You missed me. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. No one buys that. <laughs> Deanna was great though. She like really, she's done podcast stuff before. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh- <laughs> my job at stake. <laughs> yeah. So watch yourself. Um, and then what I saw on the internet. So we hired a new HR advisor um, to really help us uh-huh. um, out on all the HR things. Mm-hmm. And she, I was kind of emailing her back and forth about something I'm just kind of, you know, like frustrated with or whatnot. And she sent me back this thing and it's called Every Leader Should Take the High Road. And it's an acronym. So R is recognize, O is own it, A is accept it, and D is do something about it. Cool. Isn't that just so good? That's so good. Yeah. What's yours? Wow. Um, what did I see on the internet? Okay. Wrote, oh, Can we get Deanna wait, in here? Pause. Pause. <laughs> no, you can't pause. Okay. I saw that you were quoted in an article today. That was pretty cool. I'm your biggest fan. Number one, Stan. Austin Allie Grant. Okay. But no, that was cool. That was cool. Oh, the beauty. Yeah. And just like. Yeah we actually were able to kind of take that information into a client meeting and be like, talk about engagement and strategies on how to get better engagement. Yeah. It's down for everyone. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Instagram algorithm. Thanks for your wisdom. Yeah. You're welcome. Anytime. (laughs) Step into my office. All right. So let's get into today's Mm -hmm. guest. 
Troy is a gem. I want to hang out with him literally every second of my life. So enjoy, you guys. Let's get into it. Troy Solomon, uh, a.k.a. a bear named Troy, has quickly become one of the most recognizable male plus-size recording artists and influencers in the industry. Troy has used his platform to to promote inclusivity, body positivity, and creative expression to his 50,000 followers. Known for his eclectic, gender-bending style, vibrant personality, and positive demeanor, Troy has been featured in articles by Teen Vogue, Paper Magazine, Refinery29, and Allure. Troy shook the world with the single Thick, a high-energy, cheeky anthem devoted to thick bodies everywhere, and recently dropped his newest single, Champagne and French Fries, Yum, which received rave reviews. Welcome, Troy. Oh, hello. I only butchered that a little bit. No, you did a great job. <laughs> I, think that I was feel like I successful. can't even breathe right now. You had so a lot long. to say. Yeah. I didn't know I did that much. So I'm so excited you're here. And Deanna's here because Hello. Cole's out sick. So Deanna is actually Troy's manager mm-hmm. and works at Be Social. So we're excited to have her as our co-host today. Honored to be here. <laughs> okay. So we start every episode the same way. What was your first Instagram post? Oh, God. Um... <laughs> Well, so I've gone through my Instagram. Sh- oh, Deanna. oh, I don't know. <laughs> I can pretend like I didn't know that. So I've gone through so many iterations of my Instagram. Like I've deleted posts. I've like brought them back from the archives. So I feel like my actual, actual first post was like a photo of like the Universal at Universal Studios, like that sign. But okay. then I think I took it down. And now it's either a photo of like, Why'd you take it down? I just, it wasn't fitting with my life. The aesthetic. Yeah, it wasn't fitting with the aesthetic. (laughs) So, because I had such an aesthetic three years ago. But, um, Boca, all the things. Yeah. But I think it's probably now either like a photo of me wearing some like dumb shirt or it's like a photo of my dog. Bing, bing, bing. Which one? <laughs> Photo of your dog. Oh. Um, he, it says hashtag wasted, hashtag puppy problems. Oh, is he drinking? That's when he's drinking the wine. Yes. Yeah, That's he's so fun. cute. That's How Jackson. many dogs do you have? I have two dogs. Jackson's mm. my first dog. He's the old one now. He's, he's so like cute. Seven years old now, I think. I got oh. him when he was three months old. So I've had him since I've been in LA, basically. So this post was done in 2013, your first Instagram post. Like, Take us through the journey of like you being like a social influencer and then your first post being this dog with the wine glass. Like what was that evolution? Well, I mean, I joined Instagram when it started. So before I even, I don't think for any of us even knew what Instagram influencers were. Um, So that's why I went through and deleted a lot of posts because back then we didn't have archive and I was like these, I don't, no one needs to see a hundred cups of Starbucks. Like (laughs) that's like not, who who cares? I did that too. I think we all kind of did at some point because it was like, I don't know. I don't think we knew what to do with Instagram yet. Let's just take a photo of my coffee. Like Mm -hmm. no one cares. So I went through a lot of that and a lot of, and like, I think when I finally realized what I could do with Instagram, it was probably right after I came out. And I moved to L.A., or I guess the time, oh, my God, this is so long ago. Um, I moved to L.A., and then I came out, like, two years after I moved to L.A. And okay. so about two years in was when I think, like, I decided to use Instagram as this, like, thing I could like, express myself with. Right. And I think because I was closeted for so long, I was, like, I had this, like, love of fashion, and I never got to explore or play around with that. So I think when I came out, I was, like, 
here's my platform that I can use to just like tell the world how I feel on the inside and show the world what I want to wear. So it just became like a style thing. It wasn't like an outfit of the day. Like every day was okay. just an outfit of the day. Okay. And then I would still share some like random things like Starbucks cups. But yeah. then um, I started getting reposted and like shared on other like bigger pages. And that's okay. when I was like. Like the OTD pages yeah, and things exactly. like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of like body positivity ones, which okay. I didn't know what that was. Three six, years ago. Yeah, yeah. six I mean, years ago was like your first post. Oh my God. Right? We're in 20, yeah, 2013, 2019. Can I, I curse on the show? Yeah, you can curse. <laughs> um, that's a long time ago. Yeah, I had no, I don't even think the body positivity community knew what it was at that point. Right. Right. So I feel like I didn't know, but there was people that were posting me and they were, you know, they were, it was actually a lot of like gay men, like, like shout out pages that like featured okay. men of like size, like bigger guys. And I was like, hmm, this is so. Weird. What does everybody want to do like with me on their page? But then it just kind of grew and snowballed, and then more followers came in, and then I finally got to work with my first brand, and then it just kind of like snowballed and became yeah. this bigger and bigger thing. So your growth was really from like the reposting from other pages yeah. and things like that. Okay. I mean, I definitely like put in work. Like I was, I knew once I started getting a little bit of attention in that way, I was like, okay. There's got to be a way. Sorry, I'm sweating from my eyelids. <laughs> Has anyone ever sweat from their eyelids? Yeah, um, it's happened to me before. But you look yeah. great. Don't worry. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. You can see me. I know through the uh, through the podcast. Um, but no, I mean, I definitely worked it myself, and I knew that once I started getting some attention and like people were posting me and people wanted to see more of me, I was like, well, I should I should continue engaging with these people because I. I guess there's nothing else you could do on Instagram was right. to engage. So I was like liking posts and I, w- I would use hashtags and I would comment on people's posts and I would just start to kind of like engage with whatever community was featuring me. Yeah. And which is so smart. And I had, but I had no idea. I don't know if at that point any of us could have, I can, I feel like I said that like a hundred times so far, Yeah, but I don't know if any of us could have predicted that that's kind of like what would be the, Catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. The, the catalyst. Were you ever like on the explore page or anything like that? I know that's how yeah. a lot of people in the beginning would just like get like 10,000 followers yeah. overnight. I remember the one time I posted a photo, I was wearing like underwear and like white sneakers and like a flannel t shirt. And mm-hmm. that was one of the like one of the posts in the beginning that got reposted. And mm-hmm. that one made to the explore page because everyone kept sending it to me. Mm. And from there, I remember that was like the first post that was like, got like a lot of traction since yeah. then I've been on a couple more times. Yeah. Um, just cause I can tell, I feel like now you can tell you're like, wait, right. where yeah. is like 200,000 views on a video coming from? It can't be from yeah. like my followers. So right. it's like, yeah, I think the explore page definitely helped. And I think just because you're engaging that helps. Yeah, no, for sure. So before you were doing what you're doing now, you, where did you live? Like before LA? So I was born, oh my God. You are going to need two hours for this conversation. <laughs> I will try and condense Deanna's this. laughing. Yeah. I was born in South Florida, outside Miami. Oh, I love Miami. Do you? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Florida is like a weird place for me. Yeah, I know. I think because I'm yeah. from there yeah. and like, I just, LA is so much better. Yeah. But Miami's cute. I haven't been back since I was 21, so I, I'm sure oh, I have wow. a great time now. Yeah. But I lived there until I was like 13. Okay. Moved to Pennsylvania. Did I tell you this? I don't think I knew that. I always think Florida, just Florida. Yeah. So I moved to Pennsylvania when I was 13. And then I went 
back to Florida for like my junior year of high school mm. and then back to Pennsylvania for my senior year. Lived in Pennsylvania for a summer, went to Syracuse for school. Mm. Then I went back to Pennsylvania after the four years for like three more months and then I moved to LA. Okay. So, so you were like 23? E, tw- mm, 22. Okay. I graduated in 2011. Okay. When I graduated college. Okay. Yeah. I've been, I feel like I've lived everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I was, even in LA too, I've lived in like Burbank. I've lived in different, I've been like Studio City. I've lived in like all these different places. Yeah. All over. I feel like, I mean, I guess the only place I lived was not like Studio City. It was like Toluca Lake, but. It's cute there. I think I've lived everywhere. So you were like, I want to move to LA. What yeah. was your goal for moving out here? I always wanted to be in entertainment. Okay. Always. Like, I think when I was 13, I knew I wanted, I was in acting classes and I was with this group that ended up being a total scam. So. Oh no. Be careful, everyone. Yeah, it was a total scam. They so you like, were like that person from Pennsylvania. I'm going to LA to be an yeah. actor and you got scammed. I, well, so when I was 13 and this all happened, I was like, well, I still have to go through like the rest of middle school and high yeah. school and like, I'll move out here when I'm older. Um, but I got to come out here when I was 13 and like compete in this, like, I, I swear it was a fake competition. Like yeah. I think it was all fake. Um, but I got to come out here. I got to audition for like a Disney show. It was, but it was all bullshit. Like it was all not real. And, but I fell in love with the city and I fell in love with like what I could do here. And like, just, I love pop culture and I loved being at like the hub of it. So I knew when I graduated from either high school or college, if I didn't get to go here for college, I would move to LA. Mm -hmm. And literally it was like three months after I graduated college. My friend was like, do you want an internship? And I'm like, yeah, I definitely do. Where was that internship? It was on this talk show called The Doctors. Oh, okay. You know it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No words. What were you doing as an intern on The Doctors? So as an intern on The Doctors, you are essentially like another PA. So you're like, so that's a production assistant if anybody doesn't know. But so um, we did mostly research. It was actually one of the better internships like not no knocking it. It was actually one of the best internships because yeah. you actually worked. It wasn't just like coffee runs. Mm-hmm. You had to do a lot of research. I learned a lot of stuff about like medical things, but it was like, I think being an intern was like safe. Yeah. And then when you get promoted to a PA, that's when it's like, mm-hmm. like I got to get out of here. I mean, we were working, I think I was working like 16 hour days. Was that paid internship? So the internship wasn't, but it was only for six months, and then I got hired as a full-time PA. Okay. And then I was there for a full season, and then I was like, I got You're like, get me behind the camera. Literally. (laughs) It was, like, too much, and I just remember being like, this isn't for me. Daytime talk show is, unless it's my talk show, it just wasn't for me. But at least now I know... For the future, when I have my daytime talk show, yes, what goes on behind the scenes? Yes, I love that. So, what did you do after you were the PA? What did I do? Okay, so from the doctors, I went to the doctors. I went to this company called Prospect Park. Okay, which was a music management firm, but also a TV and film production company. Okay, it was kind of like an all-encompassing entertainment company, and I was a. I worked in the mailroom for, I think, mean, six months. So I was kind of like everyone's assistant for yeah. a minute. And then from there, I got promoted to the head of marketing's assistant, like executive assistant position, which was crazy because I was working on 
like musicians and like artists. I think I told you a little bit about this the other day because I was like having a full aha moment, like a yeah. full circle moment. But I was like working on like artists and different artists, like social media and all of their like marketing materials. And um, so now it's just crazy that like now today I'm like yeah. an artist. But, but yeah, wild. so I worked there for like, a year and a half, two years. Okay. It's a timeline. It, it's so rough because I like yeah. feel like everything was jam packed into like three or four years. Yeah. And then I finally found one job that I was like, oh, this is easy. I'm going to keep doing this while I work on my own stuff. Yeah. But that was the job that almost like sent me back to Florida. I was like, why? Because it was just, it was stressful? like, I think that what you just said before about realizing I wanted to be in front of the camera, yeah. I think being there made me realize it even more. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to like build someone else's anything anymore. Yeah. Like, I want to work on my stuff and I yeah. want to support people, but I don't want to just like work these crazy hours, have this crazy job and like, like literally being like Andy from Devil Wears Prada, just like doing whatever I had to do to get the job done. Right. And then at the end of the day, like have nothing to really show for it. It just felt so empty to me. And I think it put me in this really bad spot where I was like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. And then I like luckily, Realized it was just my job, yeah. not LA. I quit my job and I was like, thank God I left yeah. because now I'm like here and I'm happy. And thriving. And thriving. Almost did you, 30. <laughs> did Almost you 30 dive right into doing your own thing after that job? Um, I don't think so, actually. I mean, I guess I was always doing my own thing on Instagram, but I guess I didn't realize it could be a job. A job. Yeah. And so at that point, I probably was still doing it. I can't remember like what time that was. Yeah, I definitely was because one of my best friends was my boss there. And mm. she and I worked together on some styling stuff for artists that she was working with after the fact. So I know that I was already doing stuff on my own mm-hmm. while that was happening and after it, but. After that job, I went to work on a couple of reality shows in post-production, which is why I know that this is called, it was called Room Tone. Okay. But yeah, I worked in some reality shows after the fact, just like freelance yeah. six months at a time, just yeah. to like, kind of like give me work throughout the year, but mm-hmm. also like no work comes home with me. It wasn't like stressful. Yeah. I could just yeah. like do my job and then work on all my own stuff. Yeah. I love that. I feel like a lot of people are kind of, it's a hard place to be where you like want to do your own thing, but you can't support yourself like financially quite yet. Totally. So freelancing or finding a gig like that is like a good totally. in between. Yeah. I also think, I mean, this is a lot to you, Deanna, <clears throat> because when I first was signing on with you guys, that was the first question I asked. Did, did you tell her? No. The first question <laughs> what I did asked, you say? <laughs> I asked Deanna and Haley, I was like, so like, this is the situation I'm in. You know, if you guys were my managers, like, what would you, what advice would you give me? Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it was more blunt. I think I was like, would you, what would you tell me to do? And it was, I said, I was like, I'm offered to go back to this job for like another six months. It would be a nine to five. The pay is like fine. It's like yeah. enough to pay my bills, but it's not that great. And when I'm there, I really don't have the bandwidth, the time, the energy, the resources to like focus on anything more than like one project. Like if it's music, then it's just music or if it's Instagram then it's just Instagram, but like, I don't have time to do everything. And I was like, what should I do? Should I go back or should I just say, fuck it. And like, Mm -hmm. give this a full go ahead, give it a full try. And at first we were like, well, we don't, you know, and then it eventually was turned into this idea of just like, fuck it. And just like, give yourself the chance to Mm -hmm. like, 
do this and be this. And so I will say it is like, I'm very grateful I did that because I feel like a lot of opportunities have come my way Mm -hmm. because of it. So yes, it is important to have like freelance stuff that we can like pay our bills and like support ourselves. But so you're full-time influencing artist. Yeah. Tell us about the process of like signing with management and what that means. Like if you're a creator, do you, is that the route you should go? And at what time? I mean, I think so for sure. I mean, I feel like for the longest time I was doing it with my fiance. He was like my pseudo manager and I was doing it with him. So it'd be a lot of like me reaching out like as him, like just hitting up brands, trying to get a conversation going, yeah. seeing what we could do together. And then that worked out well. Like we definitely got deals and I definitely did book a lot of stuff beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like having a team that does this like as their jobs, it just helps. Mm-hmm. It just helps across the board. Like I feel like now, like I can really hear what you have to say. I'm like pointing at Deanna for anyone listening. <laughs> I can hear what you have to say, and like I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Or I appreciate you always telling me it's okay to say no to something. Or like I, I feel like before when it's just like me and my fiance, we're kind of like fighting against the world, and it's like I have to say yes to everything, and I can't mm-hmm. let any situation like pass me by. So it's like I feel like now I feel a little bit more empowered. Because I have you guys backing me and I have you there like as my team to like guide me and teach right. me. So it's kind of like I think at any point, if you can get, you know, if you're looking to do this and you can get yourself in front of a management team, mm-hmm. you should. At yeah. least just to like meet them and like have a conversation and kind of see like what you can be doing to like set yourself up for the success in the future. Right. Because I feel like it's invaluable. So yeah. you feel like you can focus more on like creating and yeah. styling and music mm-hmm. and that was actually the weirdest situation. That was the weirdest. Um, that was the weirdest like transition for me was mm-hmm. when I, we first signed. Cause I remember saying to my fiance, I was like, what do I do? Like, I don't know what's going on with any of these deals. Like, I don't yeah. know. I like, I'm totally trusting DNA. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just like, I guess I'm just going to keep creating. And that's all I can do anymore. I can't even like, I'm not going to blow them up. Like, Hey, what's going on with that deal? Cause I'm yeah. like, I trust them. They're going to handle yeah. everything. They got everything covered. So it was a weird adjustment for me yeah. to be like, I can just focus every single day on like creating this, filming that, like, mm-hmm. you know, styling that, editing those photos, like taking these photos, doing that photo. I could just like make music, writing. I mean, it's like a totally different. And I think that's why opportunities have come my way because I've yeah. had a chance to like really deep dive into what I want to create. And then I think brands see that or like, People who are like throwing events, like the Chappie event we just did. Like I think people are seeing that, and then they're like, "Well, okay, so how can we get him on board to do something?" Right. And then it's just because I'm like putting myself out there more. And all you have to think about is the creating piece. Where like, yeah. Deanna, what do you do like behind the scenes for someone like a Troy? Right, and that's what I was gonna say too. I think the conversation we had in the beginning was we will take the job of doing the dirty work for you. We'll have the emails, the conversations, then the negotiations. That's our job. And our job is to take all of that so that you could focus on what you're great at. And that's being creative and working on your art, essentially. And I think what I was going to mention also, and I think you'll agree, is our job is to also hold you accountable Mm -hmm. for that, too. Because I think we did have a conversation conversation once where you said well, do I have to post every day? Do I have to like do the stories? And I was like, yes, you have to do the stories. <laughs> like that's your job. You have to be consistent with it and post it every yeah. day. And Are you so- going to kill me because I haven't posted stories in like a day? <laughs> it's been a day I haven't posted stories. Post something. I know. I'm going to post this today yeah. when we're done. But. 
Yeah, and I think that's like you finding who you sync with and who you trust Mm -hmm. so that you can just do what you're great at. And I think you've been given that opportunity to really be able to focus on that. And I'm so proud about Chappie. We can talk about that Uh, later. (laughs) I'm going to ask questions like I don't know how this process works. (laughs) But like, Deanna, how does it work? So do brands reach out to Troy or to you? Or do you guys build a list of brands you want to work with? Like, what is that process? I think it's a little bit of everything, really. Because Troy has his own relationships that he's been working on for the past couple of years. And we have ours. And everybody works a little bit differently. So whomever Troy has a relationship that might reach out, he'll loop us in and say, hey, talk to my team. They'd love to discuss it with you. Or on our end, we have relationships where we're reaching out to them and saying, hey, this is our client, Troy. He'd be great for X, Y, Z. And then we do work on a list together on who are the brands that you want to work with, who have you worked with before, and how can we kind of keep that momentum going and those conversations happening to just, you know, start building more projects. It's a cool process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like people, like when I tell people that aren't in the industry, like how all this works, they're like, wait, blown. what? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of people don't know how much work goes into it. Right. They don't. And that's a hard thing for me, especially like just having friends who are not in this industry at all or doing anything like it. It's right. like when we get something big, a big project comes in. That's like, I always try to tell people, that's like as if you got a big promotion at work. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine you were in your office, you got a promotion, you want to tell everybody you're so excited about it. Like, that's the only way I can equate to, like, that chappy experience. Or, like, you know, right. like these different events or these different, like, big projects, it's like, that's just another, like, step up in yeah. my career. So it's, like, so interesting to try and explain to people who don't understand what this is, like, mm-hmm. what went behind it, how it happened, like, all the moving parts. Everyone just thinks it's, like... Oh, you just like took a photo and posted it. Yeah, and I, no I don't way. want to make it yeah. sound like that's not. I mean, it's we don't have like these like insanely like, you know, I'm not trying to like boohoo pity me, but it's like it's not as easy as that. There's right. a lot more to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what is this chappy, I know, but what is this chappy <laughs> event that occurred that's so exciting? I'll let you talk about it. Wow. Well, um, so I guess to preface it, I had never performed live my music live for okay. the, ever. Okay. I've never done it live and I was Wait, let's horrified. take a beat. Talk about yeah. your music for a second. Yes. So you have a single out now mm-hmm. and you launched Thick how long ago? So Thick came out in October. Okay. Then G is my second single came out in December. Okay. And then Champagne and French Fries just came out... Probably like a month and a half ago. Yeah, like a month and a half ago. Yeah, probably, yeah. Like and did you ago. self like produce and launch or do you have like a how did that work I have a producer I work with his name is Joe Burge he's phenomenal he's amazing like he's one of my good friends Um, I'm really good friends with him and his wife and I just do you want me to tell you the like how music happened for me the true true story the E true Hollywood story about how my music (laughs) started Um, no so (laughs) it's so dumb so (laughs) I was going to Coachella like two years ago so not this past one the one before and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to wear? How I have to do a look. I have to turn out a look. I, I can't just like show up. I have to have cool photos. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? And I was like, what if I like created these t-shirts that were like fake tour t-shirts with my images on them and like fake tour dates on the back with a fake tour name. Everything was fake, but it was like my fake tour. Yeah. And then I was like, what if I did all of this? Like, printed these t-shirts out and wore them to Coachella. So they were, like, my, like, used tour t-shirts. And I was like, 
I was talking to actually I was talking to Alex. We were like, mm-hmm. this is an amazing idea. So I just did it. And then I was like, you know, it'd be even crazier. What if I dropped a single at midnight on Saturday at Coachella? Like, what if I just Instagrammed out, hey guys, new single out? Like, and everyone like didn't know if it was real or not, but yeah. they went to check it out. And like, I just had this whole vision in my head of like what it would look like if people were like, did he really just drop a song? Like, what? <laughs> and so I was like, who do I know? And I hit up my friend Joe and I was like, hey, Joe, I have this crazy idea. And he was like, okay, like, I love the concept of it. Like, I love what you want to do. I love the kind of music you want to make. And he, and I was like, okay, so I want to do this, and I want to drop the song, like, this Saturday at Coachella. And he's like, we cannot make a song in four days. And I was like, why? <laughs> and he's like, I'm telling you, it's, like, impossible. And so now that I've made, I guess I've technically have, we've produced eight songs. Mm-hmm. But, like, of the three, I can tell you, like, yeah, like, four days is not enough time yeah. to do a song. So unless you're, like, Ariana Grande and you have all the resources in the world and you yeah. can just, like, have a mobile, like, studio with you at all times. But right. that was honestly how music became a thing that I wanted, that I started to do because mm-hmm. I, like, it was a joke. And then I just literally fell in love with it. Like, I guess I've always loved music and I always yeah. wanted to be in it, but I just never thought of myself as someone who could like, I guess it was my own fears that right. were me back that from doing it. You, exactly. yeah. And so I went ahead and we recorded Thick and then G's and then Champagne and Franchise. Actually, it was in that order that we did all these songs. And then, yeah, then we I started releasing them and it was like crazy. It was, it was so nuts. Like, yeah, that's wild. How are people listening? Like on Spotify or? It's on, they're actually on literally every streaming service. They're on okay. Apple Music, they're on Spotify, they're on iTunes, which apparently iTunes is like going bye-bye. We're getting rid of mm. iTunes. Yeah, I heard that or read that. I <laughs> We're don't know. Like not I buying don't. music anymore. We're just streaming. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's on, I mean, it's on like Tidal. It's on like Crazy. all these different places. I was like, okay, cool. I guess my music is literally everywhere. And you don't need like a label to distribute? Like you no. can just self So I mean, this? there, and this is something that I'm still kind of like learning in this whole process. It's like. I obviously am my own label. I'm an independent label. I yeah. have a label. It's a label named Troy. Yeah. And um, I would love to eventually like build that out more and bring more art, like independent artists on mm-hmm. and help like distribute their music once my career is like going and flowing and moving. Yeah. Um, and I have like that, you know, that credibility to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, anyone can technically start a label. It's just a matter of like having the resources to back it to help like promote the music. So right. that's the that's the benefit of going to like a major yeah. studio, you know, like a major label because yeah. they have all this marketing money that they can put behind like right. promoting your music. So I'm just relying on social media, right. honestly, to like promote my music and like now I would like to rely a little bit more on performing live as well to like get people to hear my yeah. music. Okay, so fast forward to you and your first performance. So yes, first performance. I feel like I'm talking so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> really? See, I, feel like I don't like, feel like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so first performance, I we were approached by this app called Chappie, which is a dating app for gay men. Mm-hmm. It was, they're relaunching and they were throwing this event in LA and they originally wanted to have me on a panel. And I was like, yeah, I would love to. Like, I want to do more speaking engagements. I've done BeautyCon. Mm-hmm. I would love to do more, like things like that. And so Deanna was talking with them back and forth. Do you want- well, they sent an email and said, what if Troy did a performance? And yeah. I was like, I don't know. We've talked about it. Let me see. And I texted Troy and I was like, they want you to perform dot, dot, dot. And I was like, oh. And then I sent like the upside down emoji and like the, 
the face sweating emoji because that's <laughs> me permanently, but also because I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, because we had talked about me performing basically since I signed with you guys. Mm-hmm. I've been like, I want to do it. I just want it to be, I, I'm the like right the queen mo- of the right yeah. moment. Yep. And Deanna kept saying like, your right moment might not be this vision you have in your head. Like mm-hmm. it might not be this like picture perfect thing. It may just be like finding the the opportunity, seizing it and doing it and yeah. like ripping that bandaid off. And I think that was what was great about this opportunity was like, I was going to do the panel. Then they were like, well, actually we can't fit him on the panel. Would he want to perform? And then I was like, uh, I have a week to put together a show. <laughs> it was okay, literally sure. like a month. Like a month, a month. or it, like he, a Thursday a Friday, that he emailed yeah. us or something. And we had literally a week yeah. to figure it out. A week oh to figure out how gosh. to do it. And I just didn't, I mean, there's so many things I didn't know about performing live. Yeah. And like, so yeah, we basically, I mean, I consulted like every person I know that has worked in the industry, in the music right. industry to t- like ask them, like, what do I need to do? Like, what do I tell the sound tech? Like, how do I do a sound check? Like, how do I hold a microphone? Like just all these different things I had, I just had no idea. Cause I, yeah. I didn't want it to be like me singing karaoke to my own songs. Like I wanted it to feel like I was performance. actually performing, Yeah, which I still think when I look back at the videos, like I could see, I guess maybe just to me, I can see a little bit of me doing karaoke because <laughs> I feel like it was so, so I'm jumping around a bit, but it was just like so hard to not get so amped mm-hmm. and like be screaming into the microphone. Like it's so hard not to. Cause yeah. I'm just like, Holy shit! There's like, what, like eighty people, hundred people? I feel like there were more at That's that point. It, it got crowded. That's what Ian said too. I don't remember because I just you blacked, think I blacked out. out the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. But there was, I mean, the room was full, and it's just like all my friends are in the front. Everyone's screaming, everyone's dancing, everyone's singing, and I'm like, this is the craziest rush I've ever experienced. And I just feel like I was screaming mm-hmm. into the microphone, but I guess it didn't. It, no one heard that. Yeah. It just to me, I can see myself performing, and I'm like, okay, now that you've done it you know, like, the point of the microphone is to amplify your voice. So why don't you just focus on, like, singing nicely yeah. and not get too... So it's just, like, the things I learned from right. one experience, which I think is the whole point of, like, right. it was the right moment because I did it and I learned so much from it. But it was so perfect. Yeah. Like, there were no issues yeah, it was at great. all. So do you think you'll do more of that? Oh, my that? God, I cannot wait. Yeah. I'm, like, With Chappie or, like, I would love to. Hoping. Yeah, I would love to. We, yeah. we talked briefly about it at the very end of the day. They were very, they seemed very happy. Yeah. So we've talked briefly about it, and I would like to. The best part, too, was that Troy performed before the panel, and it was, I mean, everybody was so amped after and wild. Like, it turned into a club. No. Like, people were dancing, partying, oh and then God. the panel went up, and I think they had to cut the panel early because people were just like, Whoa! It was too much. It was like a party mode. Because yeah. I literally, like, the only thing I had planned in my head, really, aside from, like, certain cues in the song, because we, mm-hmm. we did, like, certain cuts of the music that, like, fit the performance. Yeah. Because I, some of my songs, actually, I think all of them have, like, a breakdown in the middle that is, like, fun if you're listening to it in your headphones. But when it's a live performance and I didn't have time to, like, book dancers or right. anything. So it was, like, I'm just kind of, like, well, this is dead space that I want to kind of, like, close a little bit. So in those breakdowns, I knew kind of what I wanted to do, especially with, like, champagne and french fries, things like that. Like, I knew I wanted to, like, bring out a bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. I wanted to pop the cork and I wanted everyone to have a great time. And so I think I kind of got everyone to that point. Yeah. But then 
the rest of the day was kind of like consumed with party mode because we were all just yeah. like coming off of like yeah. and the lineup. Yeah. I mean, I did. It's also free then, alcohol. It was free alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> that helps. It was free alcohol, and it was just like. I think the progression of the song. Like yeah. I did G's and I did Champagne and Rogers. Then I ended with Thick, which is like the biggest, like, just let's party. Yeah. And like the only thing I remember from that performance was I asked everyone at the very end, because and I felt like I, I try to throw in a lot of those like is the word euphemisms or like the, those like famous mm-hmm. cliche quotes that yeah. all like pop stars say. It's like, oh my God, guys, this is, you're the greatest crowd. But I was like, you're my only crowd ever. So like, <laughs> you are the greatest. So I tried to like throw in all those things. Yeah. And the last one I remember doing, I was like, so for this last song, like I, I want us all to have a great time. I want us all to party, dance. I don't care what you do. No one cares what you do. Like no one cares how you look. You shouldn't care how you look right now. Let's just do whatever your body feels like doing. Yeah. And the only request I have is that everyone stands up. Because before it started, people were sitting down, and I was like, I hate when people Yeah, are the sitting. energy feels off. Yeah. yeah. And even when I'm just like a, a an audience member, I'm like, don't yeah. sit. Like, mm-hmm. let's stand up and have fun. Yeah. And so I was like, please, can I get everyone to stand up? And at first, everyone was like, mm, and I was like, come on. Yeah. And then I got everyone in the room to stand up, which was That's the amazing. that I won't forget because that was like, how did I do that? How yeah. did I con all these people into thinking that I'm like this pop star? Like it was so crazy. Uh, so it's gotta be a really, a really cool moment. I yeah. ask this every episode, like what is your viral moment? Would mm. you say that's like your it moment so mm. far? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess I've had like an actual, like literal, like internet viral moment. Yeah. But that to me felt like my like, my highest, like, yeah. biggest moment. Because I feel like that was the one that I worked so hard for, like, and was so afraid of. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think you really took a risk on that yeah. one. And I told you, I'm not going to make you do something mm-hmm. that you don't want to do, but I really think that you should do this. Because yeah. there were no expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect opportunity to, like, just do a practice run, see yeah. how yeah. it goes. And you freaking killed it like it was amazing and we were so proud totally there was there was no expectations I think that's why it Mm -hmm. ended up being just like so perfect yeah so yeah I would say like for me in my brain that was like yeah that's probably my viral and then what about on the flip like we call it an unfollow me moment Mm. like something you wish you did differently or you could take back online offline career wise I mean I know it's like so cliche, but I do mean it. Like, I don't think, I think of all my decisions as like, they served a purpose at the time. So I don't have regrets per se about anything. I do wish that maybe, but it's like, I want to say this, but it's also like, but maybe it's the right timing. Because in my head, I'm like, I wish I didn't like, I wish I wasn't so fearful of performing live. I wish I wasn't so fearful of making music sooner. I wish I wasn't afraid of those things at first because- And it's just really just those two things. It's like music. Because I think I felt like an imposter for so long. That's a real thing. Music. Yeah, imposter for sure. Syndrome. Especially with music. Because yeah. I'm like, who do I think I am? Like, I can't just, like, make music. And then I'm like, but this makes me so happy. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy doing it. And I, I ask my fiance all the time, like, do I have a good voice? Like, do I have a good singing voice? He's like, yes. He's like, you're literally not tone deaf. And that's all that matters. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So it's like, I think for the longest time I felt so uneasy about doing it that I wish I would have just gotten over that sooner. Yeah. And like just let myself do what I wanted to do and not feel ashamed of it. Yeah. But now I'm like I think that's a good lesson because I feel like fear is what stops Mm -hmm. so many like entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. like to be successful or just to go for it. Totally. Yeah. I mean 
I think that's even on a more like like really base level version of it, it's like fear is what stops us from just oh, yeah. loving ourselves. Right. Like yeah. being like art being who we are authentically. Like I think yeah. we're afraid sometimes of like who we truly are because we're afraid we're not gonna fit in. But it's yeah. like what is fitting in? Like who like what That's are you trying to fit so into? That's so true. What are yeah. we all trying to fit into? What are you trying to fit into? Mm-hmm. There's nothing. You can create your own fitting fit. into. Yeah, you can create <laughs> your own fit. Like, there's nothing you have to worry about. I read a quote once and it's like stuck with me and it was like, I'm not here. Life is short. Oh, fuck, I'm going to fuck this up. <laughs> it's um, life is short. I don't care about looking cool. I care about having fun. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, that just has been like the thing that I always think about is like, I don't care if I look cool. Like, yeah. I think I look cool. And that's all that matters. Right. Truly. That's how everyone should feel. It's like, if you yeah. think you look cool, if you think you're having, if you think what you're doing is cool, yeah. then that's all that matters. And you're a big advocate for body positivity. Do you, like your community, do you have a lot of followers who will engage with you and say, you've changed my life mm-hmm. or you make me feel better? Tell oh, yeah. Us about I that. cry like every other day because yeah. these, like, I mean, some of them are so like overwhelmingly beautiful. These messages are like, I guess I just, I always hoped I would help people in some way. And I, I think I always thought of it as I would entertain them. I would have, I would let mm-hmm. them have fun. Like they would feel a momentary like experience of escape or like fun yeah. or like joy. And like, I never thought I would actually like empower people to like, love themselves. I mean, that's yeah. like, I, that's the craziest, mm-hmm. most humbling like thing you could ever experience. So yeah, I mean, I get a lot of messages from people who are just like, the ones that really get me are the ones that are like, my son, my five-year-old son mm-hmm. sees your Instagram and like, he asks me like about you and I'll explain to him like, you know, he just like loves to live the way he wants to live and he mm-hmm. wants to express himself how he wants to express himself and Whenever they say, like, and then my five-year-old turns to me and says, I want to be like him. I'm mm-hmm. like, Ugh. <laughs> I like, can't handle it. That's, like, yeah. so crazy. I mean, that is, like, yeah. And I think that's something that we could not. I think more people have the power to, like, influence people in that way than they realize it. And yeah. I think it doesn't matter if you're a mega influencer, if you're a super, super, super micro influencer. Like, right. That's the beauty of social media. Like we yeah. shit on it all day long. Yeah. Yeah. But like the beauty of it is we get to connect with people all over the world. Totally. And you can affect them in such an incredibly powerful way that it's like harness that mm-hmm. tool. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I hate getting caught up in the like, oh, you're only seeing the highlight reel. I'm like, you are, but that highlight reel could also be changing someone's life and yeah. it, for the better, you know? Yeah. So there's like a whole thing to unpack with that. But yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point of view. Yeah. Yeah. But do you, on the flip, get hate? Like, do you get people being mean? I mean... Mm, I mean, we all do. Like, Yeah, like, I guess what, the funniest thing is the only time I've really gotten a lot of, like, weird, like, negative comments has mm. been when I did my Pride campaign. Which is so bizarre. I did this whole series of like, um, I did like three, how am I going to describe this? I did like visual style representations of the rainbow flag. Mm -hmm. So I did like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, three photos each with like a corresponding, like super intense makeup look, the nails, the outfits, everything, Mm -hmm. all monochromatic. And so that was really cool. And it was like a really big, like, in your face pride moment. And I yeah. think maybe that's why, and it was, it was shared a lot. Yeah. And I think that may be why I was getting some like, and it was just the usual, like 
you're gay or you're like, a fag. And I'm like, thanks. yeah, thank you. <laughs> so it's like, it, or it was like, oh, like, why am I seeing this fat guy on my feed? It's oh, like, it's yeah. just, it, but to me, it's like, truly, I'm not, I know that I'm very lucky in this. Mm-hmm. I don't usually get hate that often. I don't get a lot of negative yeah. comments on my page. Like, I think, I think because like the community that is built on my page is right. very supportive and engaging. But I'm also very lucky to say that I also like, love hate comments. It sounds crazy. You're funny with them. You're good with them. Oh, you like are the one that like responds to them. And the thing is, I don't respond to all of them, but sometimes I'm like, this is too good. Yeah. Because I think they're so funny and I feel like I can see beyond what that person's saying and what they're really saying is, I'm so sad. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm such a sad person. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, what am I, I mean, what am I going to do? Like, yeah. like try and engage with them on a real level? Like, am I going to really try and tell them like, oh, that's so mean. Don't say things like that. Or am I going to yeah. just have fun with it? Because I tr- actually tried for a long time, like saying something like, hey, like, are you okay? And sometimes if they're like really dark, that's not be like, hey, everything okay? Like, do you want to yeah. talk about something for real? Or yeah. are you just going to continue trolling? Because yeah. I know that a lot of, sometimes these comments are like really dark, especially especially on, like, my girlfriend's pages. Like, all my friends that are girls. They're the ones who get, like, the most disgusting comments I've ever seen. And that's when I'm always, like, I want to punch you, but I also want to, like, hug you and tell you it's all going to be okay and that we see you. Because I think that's most of the time where all that hate comes from. Yeah, they want to be seen or they want to be heard. And that's their outlet. Exactly. And then, I mean, that's the double-edged sword of social media. And, like, this Mm -hmm. idea that we all are empowered now to, like, Share our thoughts and opinions. Exactly. Which, I mean, we have to know that that's what comes with it. And I, like, I I accept it. I think maybe that's why I don't get, like, I don't take it personal. Because I'm like, this isn't personal. You're not, you say this to anyone. Mm -hmm. Who will listen. Exactly. (laughs) Who will read this. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good perspective on it. Um, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So now we're going to go into rapid fire fan questions. So answer quickly, one word, two word, a sentence, whatever. (laughs) Like, be quick. Okay. Um, (laughs) Favorite beauty products? Skincare. Whatever. Mm. Makeup, skincare. I mean, I use like brow product. I use like Benefit Goof Proof Brow Pencil. Every you have really day. good brows. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, I mean, they're like full, but I want them like full, full. So really? that's why I like yeah. really color them in. But thank you. Yeah, look really brow good. pencils for sure. How would you explain your style in three words? Colorful, bold, playful. Mm, I love that. Best tips for being confident? Mm. love yourself but that's I mean is that really a tip I'll give you one tip that you can do to help yourself love yourself go get a post-it note write down hello I love you shove that post-it note on your mirror Mm. and read it every day when you wake up whether you believe it or not read it every single day and eventually your brain and your heart will catch up to what you're reading and you'll you'll start to create that narrative in your head I love that. Have you always been like so self love? Like, no. I mean, I think coming out of the closet was like the moment that everything shifted and started to shift. But from the, I think that was the start. Like from there, I've had to work really hard on like getting out of my head about like what I've been told is mm-hmm. unattractive or like not valuable and not you know not good. So I think it's been work, but it's been a lot of that. It's been a lot of like. Like it's almost like convincing myself and then catching up with it. And then I caught up with it. And now I'm like, oh, 
nothing can affect me now. Yeah. So it's like, which I know is it's yeah. for some people it's like a constant thing they have to work on, and for some people it's not, and some people haven't started yet. So it's kind right. of like I think just taking the first step to recognize that you like don't love yourself, which is so negative, but understanding that you feel that way, I think is a good first step to getting yourself to love yourself. Yeah. I love that. Who are your idols within the space? I mean, it's such a funny, I don't really have any, no, can I, so the thing is, this is, <laughs> yeah, it's I, like, weird. So like, I like, I mean, the thing is I don't really want to have idols because okay. I think that I don't want to try and compare myself or try to be like anybody else. Yep. The people that like inspire me or that I love to look at like what they've done, especially like if I'm look if I'm talking about music, it's like David Bowie, Freddie Mercury, like these like legends that have yeah. like Elton John who've like fucked with gender norms and have like messed with like what they've done with, with pop culture. Like mm-hmm. that inspires me. That's like so like sexy to me. Um, and then within like the digital space, it's like, I mean, Alex Michael May, I mean, I talk about her constantly. She's like my best friend, but I mean, she genuinely like inspires me. I look at her content, I look at what she does, who she is as a person, the connection she has with her followers. It's like, oh my God, like she's just so genuine. So it's like, I think people like that, people, who else do I love? I mean, those were good. Okay, cool. (laughs) I'm like just trying. (laughs) Um, What would you tell your 18 year old self? You weren't out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd pro- you're trying to get me to cry, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Um, RuPaul does this. You know, do you watch Drag Race? I don't. He does this where he has all the finalists. Like he shows them a picture of themselves at like five, and he's like, "What would you tell little <laughs> Timothy?" Oh my god, that's a like, good idea. Ugh. We should like. It's so. I mean, it's like because when you see yourself at five years old or whatever, you're like, Ugh. Oh. <laughs> you can't hold it in. Um, what would I tell myself at eighteen? I would say trust the process, trust where everything's going to go. I think for a lot of my life I had this feeling of not being in control. And I think I probably spent a lot of time creating a lot of anxiety for myself that was unnecessary because I didn't think I had control over something that I really did have control over. Yeah. So I think I would just say trust the process. Like People are going to come in and out of your life and that's okay. Just know who's like the important ones and you just stay. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, what does pride mean to you? We're still in Pride Month, right? Oh my God, we are in Pride Month. Yes. Yeah. All of June. Mm. Pride, oh, wow. These are really tough. These are hard hitting <laughs> questions. Rapid fire. I'm a real journalist yeah. here. Yeah, literally not rapid fire for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, we have to stop saying rapid fire. <laughs> rapid fire is like, what's your favorite you? color? Um, color. <laughs> you know, like, um, what does pride mean to me? I think pride, the way, I mean, there's, I'm going to not give you the literal, like, what yeah. pride is, because I feel like we can Google that. For me, like, how I interpret pride and how I put pride into my life is more so this idea of, like, Loving yourself and like being happy with yourself and proud of who you are, regardless of whatever decisions you make or choices you make, you know, it's like, it's like this unwavering pride for yourself. And I think that if we had more of that, and that's very different than 
like being cocky or your ego. I'm talking like truly looking at what you, who you are, what you've accomplished, what you bring to the world and being proud of that because that would require you to do something that brings something good to the world and something good to your community or to your family or whatever it is. I mean, it can be on any, any scale really. So I think as long as you're doing something that does that and you can be proud of that, I think that's like the greatest version of pride. I think that's a good, and I think if we can all do that for ourselves and we can all look at ourselves and say, okay, like this is who I am. This is what I bring to the world. This is what I bring to my family, to my friends, to my community. And I think if we can look at that, we can all start to look at how we can do that on a larger scale with each other. I think we all think we have to like fix the world's problems Mm -hmm. on our own backs, but it's kind of like, if we just look at ourselves and think, what am I doing? What can I do more of? And what can I do more of that will benefit everyone? I think we'll all start to kind of like link arms and it'll become a big like actual change we'll see. That was so That like, was so deep. Welcome wow. to my TED talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Literally. Um that was great. So what's next for you like in your career? Oh my gosh. Do you want the 5 year the 10 year? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean I really 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 want to go on tour. Okay. So badly. Like, I think that would just be, like, the ultimate. Like, Mm -hmm. that, to me, would be, like, my big viral moment, for real, for real. Because I feel like that would just be the coolest way to, like, take what I do online and take it to the real world. So I think going on tour would be the coolest thing for me to do in the future, hopefully sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to, like, I would love to be on a reality show. Genuinely. I think it'd be so cool to, like... Do, you I, would be so good. Thank you. I I really appreciate like, that. Like, why aren't you on the hills? I what? don't know. <laughs> Hello, can someone call me from MTV? I would love it because I think, one, I'm aware enough to understand the game mm-hmm. of reality. And I love entertaining people. Yeah. So I feel like I would have so much fun. That would be purely like, well, I guess it depends. Because it could be a reality show that also allows me to like, connect with people and give them a different perspective on life and like open their eyes to like self-love and different body types and different Mm -hmm. like sexualities and identities. But ultimately like no joke being on a reality show would be totally self-serving. Like I would just have so much fun with it. Yeah. So I gotta make that happen. Please. Like I would love that. But yeah, so I would love to do that. Um, I've talked about wanting to do like a speaking tour for a long time. I've I have so many ideas of things I want to do. Yeah. I want to write a book. I want to do a talk show. I mean, there's so much things, there's so much I want to do. I guess in the future, like the near future, we yeah. have like the Champagne Franchise video release. Mm-hmm. And then building your empire, yeah, essentially. Building, yeah, literally building the empire. Built mm-hmm. on body positivity, self-love, yeah. fun, excitement. Yeah. Yeah. I love just, it. Yeah. I'm I'm part of the community. I'm into There's it. There's the mission statement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that was so fun. We're done already? Yeah. That was an Record hour. Time. Oh, my God. I could talk about myself forever, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, um, where can people follow you? You can find me everywhere at a bear named Troy. And you can find my music on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Napster, apparently. Ooh, like, that's a thing still? It's still a thing. LimeWire. Yeah, you can find it literally everywhere music is streamed, so. Okay. Download. All right, well, thank you so much. We love you. Thank you. I love you. Bye. Bye.